welcome to I'll Marry You, a podcast with me, Olivia Coleman, full of tips and tricks from the UK wedding scene, interviews with industry experts, and a whole lot of oversharing. So I went for a run this morning because even though we're now into autumn, muchly, <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word, um, I'm going on holiday to Cyprus for two weeks, so I've got to be in a bloody bikini. So I decided, you know, two weeks before I leave that I should probably start exercising again. So I went for a run because at this point, my hips have hips. So I ran around Bradford-on-Avon, which is where I used to live, and I ran past the spot where James proposed to me. Isn't that lovely? I looked at it. I took a picture. I'm going to put it on the gram later so you can visualise the moment itself. I'm always thinking of you. Shall we begin? Good day and welcome back to the podcast. Episode six? Episode six? Episode six. <laughs> it sounds like sex. It's fun. Um, I've already said it. My best friend said to me the other day, I was listening to your podcast and I had to stop because your goddaughter, as in my goddaughter, who is four, um, asked what shag meant. Apologies. But also, you know, if you're choosing me as a godparent, which six couples have done, then you know what you're getting, don't you? You know what you're getting. So that's what that's what it is. That's life. Um, so apologies in advance if you do have small ears around. And I always visualise that. Um, and I swear. Um, so I hope you're all well. I hope you've all had a good week. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I hope that last week's episode was as fun for you to listen to as it was fun for me to share. But it was storytelling it was storytelling time story corner and now I want to try try and be helpful I will try and be helpful so on the engagement train where are you at next station next I always do voices for you you're so lucky you get this for free normally you have to dial five next up on the engagement train what to do once you're engaged engaged. That was my jingle. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Now, times are changing, people. These times, they are changing. And in the olden days, you might have gone straight to old WH Smith. I mean, that's still around, but is it really? <laughs> is it really? And you would have got handfuls of wedding magazines. I still have mine. I kept them. Technically, you've called people, you've told people, the world knows the uh, gift of champagne and sparkling is coming through your post box any minute now. And you want to start planning. Top tip. My first top tip is don't. <laughs> don't plan. Just don't plan. Just chill out. But honestly, just chill. Just take a moment because I know it's difficult. And if you are like me and you are kind of wedding obsessed and you've been with your partner for a long time and you've been thinking about it for a long time, it's not like it's a new thing. So finally they've asked, finally you're engaged and finally you can plan the wedding. So I get it. I get the excitement and I get that immediate sense of urgency. You know, it's like when you book a holiday, you want to immediately buy a new bikini or I don't know what the male equivalent is of that. Um, and so I do understand that sense of urgency. And it's not a stressful thing. It's an, it's an exciting thing. It's the adrenaline. But honest to God, please, please, please just take a breath, step back and just enjoy it. Like, honestly, it is the best feeling in the world. Everyone, hopefully, is happy for you. 
you're sharing the news. Perhaps you've put it online because if it's not on the gram, really, did it even happen? So just absorb all that love and uh, genuine congratulations and happiness that you're receiving from everyone because it is just the best feeling in the world. Now, trust me when I say it's only downhill from there. Okay. (laughs) It's only downhill from the proposal. So just soak it all up. Now, whether you soak it all up for a week, a day, a month, a year, totally up to you. But please, as long as you can, postpone the planning. Unless you're with a child. Not that that that's a thing. I mean, that's a time limit, right? You've got a time limit on that. But just enjoy it as much as you can. I often find with my couples that the person proposing has spent so much time thinking about the proposal that they haven't actually thought about what happens next. So to them, it's like, oh, my God, they said yes. Ah!" And their partner's like, let's get planning. And they're like, you stop it now. No, 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 no. Slow down. I'm not ready for that level of commitment. So it can come as a bit of a surprise to the person that actually asked to get married to their beloved, that their beloved then wants to plan a wedding. Shocker, right? Um, so just just bear that in mind. Go slowly. Tread carefully with that one. They might not be as prepared mentally, emotionally or financially or indeed spiritually, as you are being the the recipient of that question. So just bear their feelings in mind, because we have to pretend on this journey that, that both parties in the couple have equal uh, importance when it comes to emotions, because that's, you know, that's a marriage, to pretend that your partner matters as much as you do. Um, so let's start that now, shall we? Um, so just bear that in mind that they might not be as ready to go full steam ahead into the planning game as you are. Um, so just tread carefully and don't rush into it straight away. Like literally the second they ask you, don't then run to the third drawdown on your dresser and get out the wedding planner notebook that you bought from um, Vinegar Hill last year and you've been keeping for this very moment. That can hold off for just a few days, okay? I believe in you and I believe you're a brave soul and you can wait for that moment, right? Okay, look at me in the eye. Look at me in the eye. You can wait. Very good. But once waiting is done, (laughs) sure, give them a day, give them a week, whatever. But once the waiting is done, the planning can commence. In my mind, when I do that voice, it's like sexy, but I feel like it might be creepy. One of the same emotion in some households, not mine. The planning can commence. Where do we even begin? God damn it. Stationery. I joke about a wedding planning diary situation, but actually they're helpful. I'm a list person. I like pen and paper. I like to write everything down. I like to cross it off. When I when I had my old job, I would do that. And it was the same thing every day. Check emails, reply to inquiries, do this, do that. Every day I wrote a list. Every day I crossed it off. I'm actually that person who has done the task, but then goes back to write it on the to-do list to then cross it off immediately afterwards. Getting a real insight into who I am. So actually, stationary of some sort, whether that's setting up a spreadsheet on the computer or buying a notepad and pen. I know it sounds silly, but it's it's just really nice. Um, That is a good idea. You do need to get set up because look, let's look at this like a project. Okay, let's look at this like coursework, if you will, back in the olden days of school. And you would not attack such an occasion, such an event, such a deadline without little preparation. So get your notebook, get your stationery 
and then sit down and have a discussion. Now, I know the idea of sharing your feelings with someone you care about can be intimidating, but you're marrying them. So really jump on that wagon, okay? Metaphorically speaking, although I don't know how your conversations end um, or indeed begin. So have a discussion. And when I say have a discussion, I mean just you two, okay? I know it's important what your mum thinks and I know your best friend's got great ideas and I know that the world and their aunt Fanny wants to tell you how they think that you should get married. But for just a moment, have a discussion with just you and your partner. Because you might have discussed it before, but things feel different when there's a ring on it. Things feel different when actually it's not, oh, you're watching a movie and you're like, oh, I, you know, I don't think I'd get married like that and then when you're actually planning your own you need to actually have a discussion with a sense of um importance and urgence because urgence urgency is it urgence a word i do i do worry that i'm letting myself down here professionally on this podcast because i just as an fyi note to you all i do speak <laughs> but i don't like i write better than i speak i speak as i speak as i write you know you know so have a discussion just you two and and just a really easy open talk it doesn't you don't have to make any decisions okay you do not have to make any decisions straight off the bat you just have to talk about it do you fancy summer wedding do you fancy winter wedding do you want to get married abroad do you want to get married in the UK do you want a big wedding do you want a little wedding do you want more family or more friends what what does a wedding mean to you I interviewed a wedding planner and event, and uh, sorry, venue consultant, um, the brilliant Josh Tully, last week, week before, for a future podcast, which I'm so excited for that to come out because honestly, we had such a great chat and he's wonderful and he's, his knowledge is extensive. And he told me, and this is brilliant, I'm stealing it from him now, and I'm also sort of spoiler alert for, ne for that episode, but he told me that when he gets new clients, he says to them, and they're talking about their wedding, and they're right at the beginning of the journey and they say, I don't know what wedding we want. And he's like, you do. You do know what wedding you want. Maybe it's easier to get there by process of elimination. But also he always asks the question, how would you like your guests to describe your wedding? And how would you like them to feel as they leave it? So, you know, do you want them to describe it as fun, as um, really relaxed and chilled, as really traditional and, and formal? Um, is it grand? Is it colourful? Is it lavish? Is it exotic? Is it hot, cold? You know, so that's, I think that's one of his genius moments, but that's such a good idea. So when you're having these initial discussions, sit down and just throw words out there and just, I mean... May they not be interested. That is a possibility. Try. Um, so just throw words out there. How, what kind of thing do you want? Just vibes and style and stuff. You know, I used to see a lot of couples who would come to me and they would be like, I want a wedding in a castle um, at Christmas time. I love Christmas and I want to feel like a queen. Amen, sister. Who doesn't? But a wedding in a castle at Christmas time with 200 people is excessive. And it is expensive. And these couples who had these big ambitions for their wedding day wouldn't necessarily have the financial or mental capability to, to bring them to fruition. 
and the stresses that they would put themselves under. It was just broke my heart. When people would come to me and say, I want this, but I can't afford it and I don't have time to do it and my friends don't like it, but this is what I think that my wedding should look like. Well, if it's not you, if you don't live a car in a castle at Christmas time, 364 days of the year, why do it for your wedding? You know, I think that a wedding should be so um, personalised. It should be such a clear and distinct representation of who you are as a couple. So don't let your mind become completely fogged by the the things you see on the internet or the things you see on television and movies, what your friends say, what you see in magazines, what you see in Pinterest. Oh, my God. Like, just who are you as people? Who are you as a couple? Do you go to Glastonbury every year? So would you like a festival-style wedding? Do you go skiing every year? You love the snow. Okay, so maybe think about having it either at winter in the UK or even go abroad and have it in the French Alps or something like that. Do you want a small wedding and you want it abroad and actually having it abroad is quite good because it does cut out a lot of guests. Just discuss all these ideas. Get a bottle of wine, sit down and just have a really nice evening and just go. I mean, this is, you know, I can't stress this enough. Throughout every single part of this journey, it is meant to be fun. So please just try and enjoy it. If you ever get to the point in the conversation where it's stopping fun, and that happens a lot in marriage, then... <laughs> Then to stop, just be like, okay, do you know what? We're not going to agree on this tonight or our views are too different or we can't settle on an idea. So let's just let's just table it for the time being. There's no mad rush. There really isn't. Um, and when there is, you call me and I sort it out. Um, so just have that discussion and just work out what page you're both on because it's really important that you're on the same page. Um, quite often I see couples that want totally different things and amazingly they'll say things to me in like a group zoom or whatever and their partner will be like oh I didn't didn't know that you thought that or I didn't know you wanted that because they haven't discussed it so stage number two and all these things are sort of connected to the initial discussions I know but something I think you have to work out pretty early on is the size of your wedding now there are people in this world that believe the bigger the better. Am I one of those people? Yes, I am. <laughs> Filth as well I am, you old dirty temptress. I no, do you know what actually when it comes to weddings I don't I don't know about the size. I <laughs> I can't. I can't like there's such simple words in the English language that I just can't say because they make me giggle. I'm such a child. I'm so sorry in advance. Maybe I'm the little ears that shouldn't be listening to my own podcast. I believe, I believe, I, can, I believe that you shouldn't have people at your wedding that you do not know. So that does cut out plus ones quite often. It can cut out cousins. And when I say like, no, I mean like, you know of them, maybe you've spoken to them, but actually are, you their, are they your friends? Some people say they approach it by, um, they approach the guest list by thinking, okay, let's talk about budget. Would I, would I take them out for a meal to a restaurant and pay £50 for their supper because it's their birthday or it's Christmas or something? And if you're like, hell no, they can pay for their own chateau nerf to crap, then they ain't on your list. Do you hear me? It, everyone approaches it differently. And it's, that's actually a whole other episode, the guest list, because that is complicated. So let's just go into sort of the logistics uh, and the right at the beginning stage. Because also, if you're sending out a save the date, you don't need to send it out until a year before. 
you can send it out earlier, but people will forget, if I'm honest, and they don't know what they're doing that far in advance. If it's an abroad wedding, that's slightly different, but you don't need to, you also don't need to send out a save the date. You could just tell people the date as soon as you've booked it, the most important people, and then you can send out an invitation a little bit sooner, right? So maybe six months before the day. So you don't have to know everyone you want on your list the moment you get engaged. The way I approached it, was, and I say I, we, we, the way we approached it is, get used to that, that happens a lot when you're planning a wedding. I like, and I mean we, when I say I, I mean we, do you, Doris? No, I do not. The way that we approached it was, we wrote a list, we sat down, we wrote a list of everyone we could think of. And everyone we liked, there weren't any strangers. There were a couple of plus ones that were like, oh yeah, they've got a partner or whatever. But it was everyone that we liked, everyone that we could think of, that our parents liked, everyone. And I think it was about 200 people. Well, that's silly, isn't it? That's silly. I'm not made of money. And you know how cheap I am. So that was never going to happen. So we had the list and we then purchased in our sort of stationary hall some highlighters. And I, (laughs) I do love stationary and admin. We then took uh, a pink highlighter. The colours are uh, personal. Your choice is your choice. I took a pink highlighter and I highlighted, sorry, we highlighted, we, we, Olivia, we, we highlighted, I did, I did, the people on the list that if they were not there, we would not get married. Literally. Like our mums and our dads. Like our, our siblings. Like our very best friends. We, actually not even that, I don't even know if they're on the list to be honest, it's been a while. Um, but So we highlighted the people that we, there was just no two ways about it. So we highlighted those people and you know what, out of the 200 odd on the original list, probably, I think it was less than 20. It was less than 20 of people that we would not get married if they were not there. So that was really interesting and brutal. <laughs> we then took a uh, green highlighter I don't know why I remember the, the colours, but I really do. But like I say, you choose any colour you want. Get all sorts of coloured highlighters these days. Get pastel ones as well. Do you remember gel pens that both smelt fun and had glitter in them? I digress. We got a green highlighter and then we highlighted the people that we really, really wanted there. So it, we'd get married without them if we had to, but we wouldn't choose to. They were our best friends. They were our aunties and uncles. They were the people that we really, really cared about, that we really wanted there. If they rang up in the morning and said, we can't make it, we would be upset. We would be crying. (laughs) So we've got our pink highlighters. We've got our green highlighters. And then we highlighted the yellow highlighters. And they were the ones that, oh, actually, do you know what? Okay, maybe we're not that close or we haven't known them that long or, or what have you, but they're really fun and we're really fond of them and we really like them. So I think it'd be really nice if we could invite them to invite them. And then <laughs> there were a few people that had no highlighted no highlighted names at all. Now, I will say, disclaimer, this list has never and will never see the light of day. We burnt it the moment we sent out our invites. And also, I have shared this story with friends before and specific ones have been like, to this day, they're like, oh, they'll get me drunk, it's not hard. And they'll be like, tell me. What what was I a pink highlighter? Was I green? Was I was I a yellow? Oh my oh my god! Was I even highlighted? <laughs> like no, Margaret, you weren't even bloody there. So you do have to, yeah. Don't let people see because it is it is brutal. But that's the way we did it. 
and it's an, I find it really interesting because actually it, it shows you and I do think you know, I'm not going to go on about COVID in this um, episode but that changed the way we felt right didn't it like with our groups of people when you could only have 15 people at your wedding or you could only have six people in a social setting and what have you it did it changed the way you looked at your friendship groups and your family and the people that you share your time with because your time is is valuable and planning a wedding had a similar sort of thing for me it was it was quite therapeutic it was like I'm you know I tend to I have a core group of old friends I mean my oldest friend I've been best friends with him since we were two literally and I've got a lot of good good friends and and best friends from when I was sort of 12 13 14 up and then I've also got some wonderful friends who I've met in the last you know wedding wise sort of within the five years before the wedding so it's really difficult to sort of distinguish the difference between obligation when it comes to inviting x y and z and actually who you really want there and then of course you've got the technicalities of if you're going old school do my parents get to invite people and who are they going to invite and what does that mean quite often if the parents are paying or paying towards it they therefore feel that they have a right to invite people whole different i was going to say curdle of fish it's more like a swimming pool of vicious vicious crabs and <laughs> no one likes crabs do they because that can get real messy that's a that's one of the biggest family political dramas that i see happen with nearly every wedding i can't believe i'm not inviting carol's niece who the fuck is carol's niece who the fuck's carol do you know what i mean the thing is, is that as unromantic as it sounds, it is price per head. Sorry to burst your bubble, but it is. And you need to have an idea of whether you are looking at 50 people, 100 people or 200 people, because also that will that will define everything that will define the venues that will define the catering that will define the budget. Some people will say it's more important to me that we have the people there rather than the biggest band or the poshest venue or the fanciest dress then that's fine so you take that budget and it has to stretch further right because you've got more people and then other couples of mine will say actually it's really important to us that we have the day that we want and it's okay if we only have 20 people there because that's that's what we want from our day absolutely fine you've got a bigger budget spread between less people so it's all that kind of stuff that you need to talk about at first and again I stress it again nothing is set in stone you do not have to make any decisions straight off the bat but you do need to know the average size of the wedding you're looking at because that does dictate the budget and then we got to talk about the monies money 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 I am free for uh singing at weddings and events mitzvahs both bar and bat you're welcome so we've got to talk money us brits love talking about money don't we <laughs> no <laughs> the only thing that we like talking less about family is money and then with a wedding you're throwing in family and money oh shit son it's not gonna be good but you gotta you gotta you gotta have some awkward chats you've got to work out what you can offer you've got to work out if you need more and if you need more where are you going to get it from if you are funding the wedding yourselves and you only have two thousand pounds and you want a wedding that's going to cost eight 
are you able to save that money in the next year? If not, then postpone it. There's no, you know, do not put yourself under undue stress to financially pay for something that you are unable to do in a time frame. If you can, if you want this wedding of your dreams and you cannot afford it, wait. If you just want to get married and you're happy to spend less money and amend, alter the wedding of your dreams, great, do it sooner. There is no wrong answer to that. But you need to know how much money you've got because it is a, it's a, it's a pricey game. It's like going to Disneyland. Bitch can't do it cheap, you know? So you do have to have that discussion and it is awkward. And so many times I've actually had people ask me like, how on earth am I going to broach that with my family? Because they haven't suggested it, but they said it years ago and or they paid for my sisters or, you know, or my dad paid for my brother's suit, but will he pay for my dress? Because it's so much more like there's so many questions and it's all the emotions are so heightened. So it's so hard. But you just got to be really honest, I think. Delicate, but honest like when you're making love. So once you've got an idea of how many people you want there roughly, and I mean roughly, I mean like, is it a micro wedding, 15 people? Is it an intimate wedding, 40 to 50? Sort of, I would say in the last few years, the most common guest number is 80-ish to the day and 120-ish to the night. I think anything over 120, it's quite hard to get around everyone and, and speak to everyone personally. But totally up to you. It's your day at the end of the day. I only had one coffee. Um, so you've got your guest list. You've got your budget. You've got a rough idea of what kind of vibe you want, what kind of time of year. I mean, the time of year thing's so tricky, right? So I got married. My anniversary is next week. So I got married on the 21st of October because I love autumn and I'm sweaty. Not now. Now I'm, I'm fairly temperate, but in life I'm sweaty. So we chose that time of year for various reasons, those being two of them. But every time I go to a spring wedding, I think, oh, God, I, I wish I had a spring wedding. Bloody love a Christmas wedding, don't I? And then you've got the height of summer where, you know, in England, if it's a hot day, it's, there's nothing better than, than England in the summer, that one day that we have it. So that's really tricky. But you've got an idea. You've got an idea of how many people, where you want to get married, when, you know, oh, okay, right, let's do, this is our budget, these are our numbers, so we could probably afford to do it in 16 months' time, which would turn out in sort of April, May, whenever, whenever. Uh, it's too much math for me. Um, so uh, then you've got to just, and we're all still very much in the initial chat stage. This is all just throwing ideas around and, and talking about it with just you and your partner. It's good to get advice from people, of course. And when I say people, I mean me, Olivia Coleman, celebrant. Um, it is good to get advice. And you know what? Genuinely, if you if you need my help, I've said this before with the DMs and stuff, send me questions and queries and anything you want to, to talk about. But if you need help, you, I don't have to be your celebrant. I don't, I, I can, I'm just happy to talk about it with you. So once you've got all that in line, then you need to work out like it does get very hand in hand with what vibe you want, but you need to work out your priorities. Everyone's got different priorities. Some people will spend five grand on a wedding dress, but you have to buy your own drinks at the bar. Some people will spend a hundred pounds on flowers and 10 grand on a band. It varies hugely. And I find it fascinating what people um, prioritize, where they put their money. So you need to discuss that. And quite often that will differ actually. Quite often people, one 
um, half of the couple will say, oh, do you know what? For me, it's just about loads of booze and loads of music and having a good time. And the other will say, oh, it's all about the details. You know, I want the flowers, the candles, the cutlery, the crockery, because nowadays it's not the options are endless as to what you can do and how you can style the big day. So you need to discuss roughly um, your priorities and where you think that that money should go. That's going to change. That's a whole other episode as well. That is going to change because as you move forward, you get more ideas, you talk to more people, you um, you fully immerse yourself in the whole planning process and things will differ. You know, you might say at the beginning, oh, food isn't really a big deal for us. We just want them to be fed so that their stomachs aligned. Um, but eventually you realise that actually, oh, if I'm going to pay £20 a head for um, a mac and cheese street food van, I mean, that would be some serious hefty mac and cheese. That shit would have truffle all over it. But you, you get the idea. So if you're paying £20 a head for a mac and cheese van, but actually you could pay £30 a head and have a three-course dinner, it, you know, these things, they evolve. They evolve as you're in the planning process. So... To be honest, that's all one that's all one chat. Like, oh my god, that's like two bottles of wine down. There's some soft jazz going on in the background, the fire's lit. You just need to have this discussion and just be really open and honest and talk to each other. And once you have all of those ducks preliminary in a row, preliminarily in a row, then you can get to planning the good stuff. Next episode, we'll be talking with Al about the uh, what to do next, about the beginning of the planning process. And then we've got an interview with a wedding planner, the gorgeous Lucy. I'm really excited about that. So stay tuned. I hope you're finding this helpful. I got an Instagram message from someone sort of that I didn't know, just saying, as a bride to be, I'm really enjoying your podcast. And it made my day. It made my week. I told everyone about it. I screenshot it and sent it to my mum. So if you are enjoying it, if you find it helpful or just entertaining in the background, please let me know because honestly, it just means the absolute world to me. I hope that today's episode has been helpful. As always, just message me with any queries, questions, or if you want to share any of your adventures and your experiences. I hope you have a great week, guys. We'll speak soon. Take care. Bye. I'll Marry You is a podcast by Olivia Coleman. The music is Mr. Sunnyface by Wayne Jones and the show is produced and edited by Drew Toynbee.